Hola, hola, ¿cómo estás? I hope that you're doing well. I hope that life is treating you kind. Welcome to another episode of the Latina Mom Legacy Podcast. I am your host, Jenny Perez. I am a Latina mom raising a multilingual, multicultural daughter. And here at the Latina Mom Legacy Podcast, I love to empower you, inspire you to raise bilingual children connected to their Latino roots and inspire you to become a better version of yourself today than you were yesterday. It is the Feliz Friday edition. And on today's show, I'm going to talk to you about the different methods that can be used in raising a bilingual child and how you can choose the best method that works for you and your family. So first, I have something exciting to share with you. I am excited to announce that my book, remember I talked about my book that I was writing. Nobody told me this about raising a bilingual child. My book is officially launching April 4th, 2023, 2023. So be sure to save the date. Thank you so much for those of you that downloaded the book when it was in the better reading testing phase. <laughs> is that how you say it? Uh, so thank you so much for your feedback. It was very valuable. I am really excited to share with you this book. And what I'm most excited about is that for the first first 24 to 48 hours after the book is released, you can get the book for a very special rate of 99 cents. So that's that's just going to be for the two days. I wrote this book because when I started my bilingual parenting journey, I had a lot of questions and I didn't know where to turn to, who to turn to. And while there was a lot of information out there, I felt like the information that helped me the most That was the one that I just sort of learned on my own. And that is the information that is in this book. It's all the little things that nobody told me that I should expect during this bilingual parenting journey. And uh, that's what I'm including uh, here. So I can't wait to share that with you. So yeah, save the date. That's going to happen April 4th. And uh, be sure to follow me on Instagram at Milegasi, M-I-L-E-G-A-S-I, so that you can see the posts about the book and uh, the links so that you can access your book for 99 cents for the first two days. Uh, So I do have two accounts. I have the Mi Legacy account and I have the Latina Mom Legacy. That's the podcast account. That account really serves as like, it's just kind of like a visual library of all the past episodes. I don't really do a whole lot in that account because honestly, it's a lot to manage two accounts. And while I do have a virtual assistant, like I have other things to focus on. Like I... (laughs) Me spending my time like all day on Instagram is not happening. I'd rather spend my time in the chats and the DMs and connecting with you because that's where I like to connect. So uh, if you want to connect with me, you can most definitely connect with me on the Mi Legacy account on Instagram. Send me a DM and say, hey, I listened to you on the podcast or I listened to your podcast and I have a few questions. Uh, can you steer me in the right direction? I will be more than happy to do so. What has been going on this week? So real quick, uh, this week has been just a little off for me. I'm not feeling my best. And, you know, sometimes we have weeks where we don't feel our best. I'm physically just not feeling great. And unfortunately, I kind of know what it is, but I want to make sure. So I have a doctor's appointment later today and uh, we'll see. We'll see how how that goes. Hopefully it's nothing too serious. But yeah, it's just I've just been kind of uncomfortable this past week. Yeah, it's not pleasant. You know, when you have like sort of that energy drain, it can deplete uh, your mental energy as well. So the best thing that you can do is when you're having this week's is to to really try to shift your focus and focus on things that make you happy, that bring you joy, that make you laugh, just to kind of take you out of that funk. Because it's really easy to stay in that funk when when we don't when we're not feeling our best. So that's sort of where I've been this week. Victoria's also uh, was also off this week, so she had like winter break. I don't know what the deal is with the school. Like they have like breaks like every other week, and they like they're getting out early like every other day. It's just like to be honest, it's really kind of annoying. So what we we took advantage and we took the opportunity to have her test in one of the private 
schools that we were looking into a couple weeks ago. I had mentioned in the podcast that we were looking at other schools just to see what's out there and to potentially offer her an opportunity to attend a different school. We'll see. Nothing nothing has been decided yet. She's testing. She's been testing the past few days. And what I mean testing is just basically sitting in the classes. And so far, it's she's been very receptive. She said that she really, really liked how the teachers were teaching. They made sure that the students understood the material, that they really took their time. And that was definitely a positive for me. One of the biggest negatives, though, is that this school doesn't have a counselor on staff. It's not a big school, so I understand. But I think that in today's day and age, like, Every school should have a counselor or psychologist or some person like on call or that to me, that's like, hmm, I don't know. So if we do decide that uh, this is a school that we want to move forward with, then we will have to seek outside help just as somebody to have if uh, she needs additional outside support uh, emotionally. It's very important that we support our children, not just academically, but also on an emotional level. So it's a fine balance and you know what your child needs most and you kind of have to gauge it. So so we'll see. We'll see. We're playing it by ear and just taking it one day at a time and really trying not to rush into things. But yeah, that's sort of where we're at. One thing that I will say that I'm really liking about this school is that they have Espanol multiple times a week. And that's wonderful because <laughs> like anytime that we can get that added language exposure, that we have that added support outside the home, that is a big, big, big plus. So for sure, I am really excited about that. If she does end up attending the school, she will be having Spanish multiple times a week and and that is great. Okay. This particular school is a Catholic school, pero ella se sabe los rezos en español. Not all of them, pero more or less, you know, <laughs> su Padre Nuestro, su Ave Maria. But if she can learn all of them in, in Spanish and English, that's that's just a bonus, right? Uh, Lent has begun. Speaking of, if you're a practicing Catholic, I'm somewhat practicing Catholic. So to uh, we went to church yesterday. And that's another way to build connection to your child, to take them to, to places where the language is, is spoken. So for me, and I've said this many times on the podcast, podcast, I pray in Espanol and I curse in Espanol. <laughs> because <laughs> it's tied to that emotion that's that's the thing is that it's tied to the emotion and when the language is tied to the emotion you just have a stronger connection so when I go to church if I can and wherever I'm at I will go to Misa in Espanol so yesterday we we attended Misa in Espanol and it was really really cute because uh, Victoria got to see a lot of the kids in school because of course you know is my everybody goes to church right which is fine it's great there were a lot of kids at the church it was really nice because the pastor El Padre gave out uh, these cross key chains for, for us to to remember the spirit of Lent. And she just thought it was like the cutest thing because it's like her regalito. And again, you know, it's it's a way to build connection to the language when you tie emotion. Like here's, she was not expecting to get anything at church of all places. And the fact that the church gave them like a little uh, all of them, even the kids, they all got like a little cross keychain. So she went ahead, she came home and she put it in her bedroom and she loved it. That's important when we're raising bilingual children to create a strong, positive connection to the language because that's how they're going to remember the language. If the only time we speak to them in Spanish is cuando lo vamos a regañar, when we're going to uh, scold them or when we're going to say something you know, bad to them, then they're going to create that negative connotation. That they're going to create that negative association with the language and that's something that you don't want. Si lo vas a regañar en español and in English, okay? <laughs> So 
let's talk about the different methods that you can use in raising a bilingual child. And I'll be totally transparent as I have always been transparent with you and say that I'm not a linguist. I'm not a Spanish teacher. I am not a language specialist, but I have interviewed many of you, many moms, many specialists. I have read tons of books because I'm a big nerd and I love to read. <laughs> and I'm really passionate about bilingualism and and really children's education in general. If I can provide my daughter with opportunities and tools to that will help her in the future, that will open new doors, then believe me, I will do everything in my power. And if it doesn't cost a lot of money, let's face it, if it doesn't cost a lot of money, if it's something that we can give them that is practically free, si hablas español, then why not? Why not take advantage of that? So despite the fact that I am not a linguist or language specialist, I have worked with many parents and I am now continuing to work with many parents just like me that want to raise bilinguals and that need some help and need some support. So looking into the different methods of how you can raise a bilingual child is important. But I will preface and say that what's more important and most important of all is really finding a method that works for you and your family because every family and every child is different. And what works for one family may not necessarily work for another family. While you may hear some specialists say that, oh, this method is the best method or this method is the, the method that you should go with, in textbook terms, yes, some methods may be better or more efficient than other methods. But if the method doesn't work for you, it doesn't matter, right? It doesn't matter because if it doesn't work for your family, it can be an amazing method, but it's not going to work for your family. So you have to choose the method that works for you and your family. So here are some of the most common methods that can be effective in raising a bilingual child. If you've heard of the OPOL, O-P-O-L, that refers to the one parent, one language method. And in this approach, one parent speaks to the child in one language, while the other parent speaks to the child in another language. For example, mom, le habla su hijo en español, and dad, le habla su hijo en inglés. That's one parent, one language approach. Sometimes in the one parent, one language approach, uh, one parent can speak a minority language, the other parent can speak a minority language, and there is a community language that is different. So for example, let's say that in our home, I only speak to my daughter in Espanol. Solo le hablo en Espanol. Y mi esposo, que es búlgaro, le habla solo en búlgaro. My husband is Bulgarian. Let's say he only speaks to my child in Bulgarian. But she has the community language that everywhere outside the home, everyone speaks English. That is also a different way that you can apply this approach. Parents don't necessarily need to be speaking the community language in the one parent, one language approach. The next approach is the MLA or M-L-A-H approach, and that is the minority language at home approach. And in this approach, both parents speak Spanish or the minority language at home all the time. This is how I grew up. I grew up with this method where the phrase en esta casa solo se habla español. That's how I grew up. I was not allowed to speak uh, English in the home. Uh, my siblings were not allowed to speak English in the home, but the community language was English. So we got the exposure of English outside the home. So this was pretty balanced, I will say, because we got a lot of Spanish exposure at home, but because we lived in a neighborhood where we had tons of kids and we had so much fun growing up. We had like 20 kids on our block. And back then, like you would play out in the street. And you, I mean, it was just so much fun. So while we got a lot of Spanish at home, we also got a lot of English outside the home. The next method is context or time and space. 
And this method requires the use of each language in a different context or situation. So it really depends on who you are with or where you are at. So for example, uh, your child may speak Spanish only to abuela or only when she is with abuela. Or perhaps in this method, let's say you have Spanish bath time where you only speak Spanish to your child during bath time. Or maybe you only speak to your child in Spanish when you do reading at night or bedtime. Or you only speak Spanish, like let's say if you do uh, Sunday breakfast at home or, or domingos de desayuno where you only the family only speaks Spanish it can also be like anytime you play a board game like during specific board games you know that solo se habla en español so these are different examples on how to use the context or time and space approach and I will tell you in our home we use a combination of methods so context or time and space is definitely something that we use especially now that Victoria is older and I know that she has acquired quite a bit of Spanish I am not speaking as much Spanish as I I was speaking when she was younger. I know that she gets her language from her tutors. I know she gets her Spanish at, at school from her Spanish class. I know she gets her Spanish when we read at night. She also understands that when she's when she talks with my family, it's solo en español. She understands when she when she talks to her prima, it's solo en español. She understands when she talks to the family in Colombia, it's solo en español. And then throughout the day, so in our home, we speak English and Spanish quite a bit. So I would say maybe 50-50, maybe right now it's more like 60% in English, 40% in Spanish. But she is definitely getting that constant exposure to the language. So these are all different examples of the context or time and space method. I just want to pop in here and give a quick reminder. If you have taken the How to Raise a Bilingual Spanish Child My Self-Guided Online course and you are a part of our community, no matter where you are at in the course, March 4th at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 p.m. Eastern Time, we are having a get-together and a virtual get-together. It's an FAQ. It's your opportunity to ask questions, your opportunities to meet other parents. It's your opportunity to celebrate your wins and share your bilingual parenting journey with others, te invito. If you don't know how to access this, uh, you can log into your portal at milegacy.thinkific.com. Go ahead and log in and in your dashboard, you'll see communities. Click on your community and you will see events and in the events, you will see a link to Zoom. If this sounds like it's a lot of work and you just don't have the time, just do me a favor, send me a quick DM on Instagram at milegacy and I'll send you the link directly. Back to the show. The next method is language immersion programs. And in this method, the child can get exposed to the minority language via school, perhaps 50% of the time or 100% of the time, depending on the program. Language immersion schools are amazing or dual immersion schools are amazing if you can get your child into one. They do present its own challenges because it's a little bit different than if your child is just taking like everyday Spanish because when your child is immersed in the language all the time, it doesn't become just about the conversation but now you as a parent, you're forced to learn about the different subjects and terminology that perhaps you don't know or that you don't use in your everyday life. So think about math, think about social studies, think about chemistry, think about physics, think about all of these things. I will tell you, when I moved to Colombia at the age of 12, I think I was 12 or 13, I always forget. But when I went back and I started studying in Espanol, there was a lot of terminology that I did not know. I didn't know because I grew up in the US where everything was in English and 
And while I did take a lot of Spanish and while I spoke and read Spanish, I had to learn a lot of new terminology when it came to physics, when it came to math, when it came to just using more articulate words that I had never used in Spanish. So if you're a parent and you are putting your child in an immersion school, know that you will need added support or you will need to have a larger support network so that you are able to support your child through the language homework uh, or not even language homework through the homework because the homework will now be in Espanol. So it may require additional time from you to look into the terms. And again, the most helpful thing is to find your community find your support network, find those moms that also have children in the school. And what you want to find, what you want to look for are the parents whose Spanish is their first language, where they are very fluent, that where they're very good, where they're able to offer you that additional support. So if you feel that your Spanish is maybe not that great, look for those moms, look for those parents whose Spanish is really good. And you can tell, you can tell when you have a conversation, it is están hablando, it están sacando esas palabras que you're like, whoa. Because <laughs> that's how I feel when I go to Colombia. And my primas me sacan unas palabras and I'm like, I have to look that one up later. <laughs> Language immersion schools are an amazing way for your child to get that language exposure and the need to use the language. The next method is move to another country. And moving to another country was one of the methods that my dad used on me. So I grew up here and at the age of 12 or 13, my dad decided that we're going to move to Colombia because he didn't like the education system here in the United States. And he wanted to make sure that I had connection to my culture. Yes, it was hard. Yes, it was a big culture shock. Yes, I had to learn so many things. Yes, I hated my father at the time for doing it. But now in retrospect, it is probably the best thing that my dad could have done for me. And I understand now why he did it. So think about moving to another country, whether it's during the summers, whether it's for a couple of years of giving your child that added language exposure and immersion. So I know for us, this is something that we have discussed is potentially as Victoria gets older in high school, maybe moving to Europe so that she does have that added language exposure, whether it's Spanish or whether it's German or whether it's Bulgarian, but we want her to have that experience of living in another country, being surrounded by speakers of other languages. And for me, it's going to Colombia every other year and alternating again to have that added language exposure. So if it's in the cards for you, if you have that chance, this can be an amazing way for your child to not just acquire a language or different languages, but also to see how the rest of the world lives and to become culturally aware and to be able to open their minds. Another method that you can use are language classes at home or on location. And in this method, parents rely solely on someone else to teach their child the minority language. So if you're a non-native speaker, like I'm not a native Bulgarian speaker, but my daughter is learning Bulgarian. So we have her in Bulgarian language school on Sundays. And she goes to school for three hours. They teach them music, they teach them how to read, they teach them vocabulary. It is quite long because it is not a very common language. It's a great fun school that she attends and it, we're part of this little community there. And it's a great way for you to get support when you don't speak the language. They have recitals and they have shows where everything is in Bulgarian and I love it. <laughs> Yeah, 
Fiala pela nossa nieta, no verde Esteves Vestio Novo, Chedessa Rosetsu Ristovo. No entiendo una papa, no entiendo qué me están diciendo. But seeing them interact, seeing them speak, seeing them read, it lights up my heart because I know that this is also part of her culture. So even though I am not a native Bulgarian speaker, my daughter is acquiring language through the help of schools and through the help of classes. Now, my husband does speak Bulgarian, so obviously he supports her in that journey. Not as much as I would like, but you know, he does his best. And additionally, if you have them in language schools or language classes, and you are not a native speaker, you can find tutors there that are native speakers that can help tutor your child and provide additional language exposure. Because you have to remember that in order for a child to acquire language, there has to be exposure to the language and a need. Now, I'll share with you an article and I'll post it in the show links. Here, I'll share with you um, something that I've read. This just came out like yesterday and it was uh, an article written on the United Nations website and it talks about like all the advantages and benefits benefits of bilingualism and raising a bilingual child, right? But one of the things that I found very interesting was that in the article, it said that in order for a child to acquire a language, he or she needs to have at least 20% language exposure. So if your child is learning multiple languages at one time, the most that you can teach your child is five languages at one time because they need at least 20% exposure to each language to acquire some of the language. That's not a lot. I thought like it was like a lot more. I thought it was like 40% or 50%, but 20% is really not that much. So think about it. You can talk to your child in Espanol at least 20% of the time. Tell me that you can't. I mean, even if you're, you're, si el español está un poquito machacado. <laughs> like if it's a little mishmash, right? I mean, 20% is not that much. And to know that they can acquire the language with as little as 20%, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool if you ask me. So I definitely have to share that article with you because give your child at least 20% at the minimum, 20% of the language exposure. Another way that you can do that is through language classes outside the home or inside the home through virtual classes. And by the way, if you don't know, since we are talking about language classes, I do have two resources that I want you to check out in the show notes. One is a link for Hey Spanish. Hey Spanish is a program. It's a Spanish program for kids. Victoria takes the classes once a week. They're slotted by age groups, which is really great. She really loves them. Her, her teacher, Carlos, is amazing. Es colombiano. I listen to them because, of course, now, you know, she doesn't let me take videos because I understand. I have to respect her privacy. And I see her learning and uh, conversing. And it's a different approach and a different method than her other Spanish program, which is through her private tutor. And that is on Preply. And Preply is one-on-one -on -one tutoring for kids or adults uh, for language. And you can find amazing tutors there. Her tutor, who has been her tutor for over a year now, is de Colombia. Very nice, sweet college girl and very good at what she does. And she's become a friend and part of our family. So those two resources you can use, you can get a free Spanish class on Hey Spanish. If you put the code Mi Legacy at checkout, so it's HeySpanish.com, uh, put free, um, just click on like checkout for one of the classes. And if you put Mi Legacy, M-I-L-E-G-A-S-I -E at the checkout, you'll get a free class. And for Preply, there is a link in the show notes. And if you tap on the link, you will get a 50% off coupon for any tutor classes. And what I want to offer you with the tutors is test them before you agree and have a conversation with them in terms of what your expectations 
expectations are, what your needs are, so that you're on the same page. Don't just be like, I want my child to learn Spanish go because you really want to kind of like interview them you want to you want them to know where your child is struggling what the needs are and you want to be able to communicate with them and also if you know what your child responds to most then that's how they should approach their tutoring because you don't want them to be bored so like with our tutor i said i need you to focus on conversation because that's what i want to focus on and she really enjoys games so anytime that you make it fun, interactive with her, she's going to enjoy. So those are definitely uh, tools that uh, her tutor uses in her, in her teaching, but she wouldn't know that if I hadn't gone in and explained that to her. So you really want to make sure that you kind of test the tutors out, test with one class, have your child test with them and see if you like them, see if your child likes them. And if not, test with another. You don't know that tienes que comprometer con una persona. Okay, you don't have to commit with just one person. Test different people out, different teachers out until you find one that works for you. The other resource, I don't have a coupon for this one, is OutSchool. We have done classes on OutSchool. And actually, one of my favorite Spanish teachers that has been on here, Fabiola Warner, is a Spanish teacher at OutSchool. And OutSchool is another online platform that offers Spanish classes that is great. We have taken classes on OutSchool. The only thing that I don't like about OutSchool, and if you look into their classes, you want to make sure that you tap when you go into your building, that you don't tap auto like auto renewal because it'll just continue to auto renew auto renew and it's like a rabbit hole so that's that's the only thing that I did not like about out school is that they make it a little bit difficult for you to like cancel the classes or turn off the like auto renew thing because nobody likes to get charged automatically without like knowing and then you're like you're over your limit and stuff so anyway that's um those are my three resources in terms of schools Ultimately, the best method is the method that works for you and your family. That really is the best one. If you want to ask me what I think, I will tell you that probably the most effective is when both parents speak Spanish to the child all of the time, like how I was raised, where both my parents spoke Spanish all the time and we spoke Spanish at home all the time. But outside the home, we were exposed to a lot of English. So we were raised bilingually simultaneously at the same time. I feel like for us, that made the transition to school easier, where we were not behind, where I just went into kindergarten speaking English and Spanish. I think that's the most effective if you ask me, but not all families and not all makes can do that. It, not all environments are conducive to that. So really, you have to work with what works for you and your family. And the other thing is that as long as you're consistent and you continue to do it, you can do it. And you can raise a bilingual child and know that this is the best gift, if you ask me, one of the best gifts that you can give your child. And I will say that hasta until the cows come home. <laughs> That's all I have for you today. I hope that you have a great, great weekend. Que hablen mucho español. Que disfruten de sus hijos en español. Que hagan recuerdos en español. Y que seas feliz en español. <laughs> have a great one. Te quiero. Un beso bien grande. And I'll talk to you soon. Chao, chao.